Good morning, folks. Welcome to episode 34 of the Josh Scanlon Podcast. It is Thursday, May 10th, 2018. And this is going to be a rather short episode on a follow-up to what we talked about yesterday uh, with Dr. Jonathan Sullivan and, uh, and, and aging. Remember, we talked about aging and how it's bad for your physical being, for sure. Um, but it also can be very bad for your emotional being as well. And, and I'm going to read to you a... Uh, from the screw tape letters from C.S. Lewis. And, and I don't know if you ever read the screw tape letters, but it is probably one of the top three books I've ever read. I just, I read it. I try to read it once every year or two. It's, it's just fascinating. So let me tell you a little bit about uh, C.S. Lewis. Um, he was an atheist uh, sitting in the trenches of World War I when he became an atheist. He's an Irishman. Uh, his mom died early, lived with his dad, and his dad was kind of coarse and uh, didn't seem like have a great relationship. Uh, so he, you know, World War I came around, and he was in the trenches, and he saw the death and destruction. He said, if there's a God, why would he let this happen? And uh, in the trenches, he became an atheist. And, and Frank, I forgot how he came back to the uh, to Christianity, but he's become, in my opinion, the absolute finest apologist for the faith. And what an apologist means isn't someone who actually says sorry for the faith. Is someone who defends it. You get polemist, which is someone who uh, goes on the offensive to attack in order to advance the cause. The cause. And you need both. You need a defense and you need an, an attack. And a polemist, a polemicist, maybe, maybe it's a polemicist. Yeah, either way, that's the folks who go on the attack. An apologist is uh, more of the defense. He defends the faith, defends the the philosophy. In this case, C.S. Lewis defends the faith, of, the faith of Christianity. Just a wonderful guy. Unfortunately, he happened to die on the same day that JFK was assassinated. So uh, we, I think there would have been a lot more of uh, C.S. Lewis out there in the mainstream if uh, his death did not coincide with that horrific event of January of uh, the 22nd, 1960, August 22nd, 63. I think it was when Kennedy was assassinated and C.S. Lewis died. I almost want to say November 22nd, 1963. But anyway, it was the 22nd of some month in 1963. So this, the Screw Tape Letters is my favorite book because he takes the part of the devil. It's not the, not Satan, but one of the devil's minions, uh, Screw Tape. And Screw Tape is a tempter who is training this young tempter, uh, Wormwood, in how to basically steal human beings' souls and take them to hell. And it's uh, it's just it's I'm telling you, it's such an incredible read. It's it's not hard to read, but I I will assure you, you'll put it down and think about it because it makes so much sense. And you know, chapter by chapter, it's like C.S. Lewis has talked to you deliberately and, and, and directly. It's it's absolutely amazing. Um, and it's only you know 100 and 200 pages. Um, the end is the uh, screw tape holds a toast. It just I tell you, man, it is the uh. A, just a classic in literature. There's just no getting around that. And and basically, Screwtape uh, proposed a toast. Toast. The scene is in hell, and the annual dinner of the Tempters Training College for Young Devils. Uh, the principal, Doctor Subgob, has just proposed the health of the guest. And Screwtape, who is a guest of honor, rises to reply. Uh, just man, just absolutely fantastic. So what I want to talk about today is uh is what he talked about about being getting old the screw tape now screw tape again is a tempter trying to separate human beings from god all right so he is a devil trying to separate human beings from god 
And uh, and this, I'm just going to read you verbatim because I think it's just fascinating. And it goes a long way to what we're talking about with men, but women too, but men getting bitter as they get old. And, uh, and C.S. Lewis talks a lot about this in terms of the various shenanigans that the, that the devil plays to try to separate you from your faith. And it's, uh, it's actually pretty scary and frightening when you think about it. But what C.S. Lewis does is awaken you to the to the attack that you're facing. In fact, what C.S. Lewis says, you know, uh, screw tape, again, the devil says, you know, we, we can't, it can't be better to have people think of the devil as a cartoon character in tights, um, in red tights, or uh, something they're completely afraid of forever. He said, we, we like either of them because they're completely afraid of us, afraid of us as if we're you know, under the bed right now, ready to eat them alive. They'll never act. They'll always be living in fear. And God doesn't want people living in fear. Uh, but then again, if they think of us as a cartoon character in red tights, they won't take us seriously. And that way we can kind of creep up and steal their souls because they don't take us seriously. Either way, they're living in constant fear or not taking us seriously. And again, this is the devil uh, allows us to just really advance the ball to steal their soul. So I'm just going to read you this chapter, chapter 28. And think about it in context to the conversation I had yesterday uh, with Dr. Sully, Dr. Sullivan, about aging and, uh, and how crippling it can be for your uh, physical capacity and how on top of that can be for your mental capacity as well, where bitterness overtakes you. So here we go. My dear Wormwood, Wormwood, when I told you not to fill your letters with rubbish about the war, and that's World War II, by the way, I meant, of course, that I did not want to have your rather infantile rhapsodies about the death of men and destruction of cities. And so far as the war really concerns the spiritual state of the patient, I naturally want full reports. And on this aspect, you seem singularly obtuse. Thus, you tell me with glee that there's a reason to expect heavy air raids on the town where the creature lives, the creature being the human that Wormwood is trying to steal the soul from to take to hell. This is a crying example of something I've complained about already. Your readiness to forget the main point in your immediate enjoyment of human suffering. Do you not know that bombs kill men? Or do you not realize the patient's death at this moment is precisely what we want to avoid? Now, remember, this is me talking again. This is Screwtape talking to his, his, his mentee. He's a mentor to this guy, uh, Wormwood, another devil. And he's saying, look, if this guy dies suddenly, he is prepared to die and thus will go to heaven because he's, he, he's a full-fledged believer in Christianity. So if the bombs from Hitler's uh, bombing brigade rain down on him and kill him, then, then Wormwood is going to lose the soul to God because the guy is prepared to die, which means he has said his prayers and he just is turning his faith over to God. All right, so back to the story. He has escaped the worldly friends with whom we try to entangle him. He has fallen in love with a very Christian woman and is temporarily immune from your tax on his chastity. And the varied, various methods of corrupting his spiritual life, which, have been, which we have been trying, are so far unsuccessful. At the present moment, at the full impact, as the full impact of the war draws nearer and his worldly hopes take a proportionality lower place in his mind, full of his defense work, defense work, full of the girl, full forced to attend his neighbors more than he has ever done before and liking it more than expected um, and daily increasing in conscious dependence on the enemy and the enemy is God. 
he will almost certainly be lost to us if killed tonight. So I didn't read that very well, but let me just recap. Basically, because this guy, the, 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 the creature, the human being in England during the bombing of Britain, is giving himself up to help his friends, his neighbors, his people he doesn't know. He's giving himself up to help humanity. And what Wormwood, uh, Screwtape is saying to Worm, Wormwood is that because he is taking out of himself and putting his fate into the hands of helping others, he will almost certainly be lost to us, the devil, if he is killed tonight. Because God says, man, you've sacrificed just like Jesus on the cross. Now, obviously, this guy will never be Jesus, but the fact he gave his life helping of others, <laughs> what a sacrifice. Anyway, back to the story. This is so obvious that I'm ashamed to write it. I sometimes wonder if you young fiends are not kept out of the temptation duty too long at a time. If you're not in some danger of becoming infected by the sentiments and values of the humans among whom you work, they, of course, do tend to regard death as a prime evil and survival as the greatest good. But that is because we have taught them to do so. Do not let us be infected by our own propaganda. And basically, again, Screwtape is telling Wormwood, look, the humans hate death. They fear it more than anything. And they think it's the absolute worst occurrence. Do not, as a devil who's trying to tempt people to come to hell... You should not have that same thought because if they die suddenly while they're still in the, the loving arms of God, their souls will not find its way to hell. And again, Screwtape is trying to train Wormwood on how to bring souls to hell. I know it seems strange that your chief aim at the moment should be the very same thing for which the patient's lover and his mother are praying, namely his bodily safety. But so it is. You should be guarding him like the apple of your eye. If he dies now, you lose him. If he survives the war, there is always hope. The enemy has guarded him from you through the first great wave of temptations. But if only he can be kept alive, you have time itself as your ally. The long, dull, monotonous years of middle-aged prosperity or middle-aged adversity are excellent campaigning weather. You see, it is so hard for these creatures to persevere. The routine of adversity the gradual decay of youthful, youthful loves and youthful hopes, the quiet despair, hardly ever felt as pain, though, of, over, of ever overcoming the chronic temptations which we have again and again defeated them, the drabness which we create in their lives, and the inarticulate resentment with which we teach them to respond to it. All this provides admirable opportunities of wearing out a soul by attrition. If, on the other hand, the middle age years prove prosperous, our position is even stronger. Prosperity knits a man to the world. Prosperity knits a man to the world. What a great saying. I'm going to just highlight that. He feels that he is finding his place in it, while really he is finding his place in him. His increasing reputation, his widening circles of acquaintance, his sense of importance, the growing pressure of observing an agreeable work, absorbing an agreeable work, excuse me, build up in him a sense of being really at home in earth, which is just what we want. You will notice that the young are generally less unwilling to die than the middle aged and old. The truth is that the enemy, and again, the enemy in, in uh, screw tapes is God. So God is the enemy. The truth is that the enemy having oddly destined these mere animals to life in his own eternal world, has guarded them pretty effectively from the danger of feeling at home anywhere else. This is why we must often wish long life to our patients. 
70 years is not a day too much for the difficult task of unraveling their souls from heaven and building up a firm attachment to the earth. While they're young, we find them always shooting off at a tangent. Even if we contrive to keep them ignorant of explicit religion, the incalculable winds of fantasy in music and poetry, the mere face of a girl, the song of a bird, the sight of a horizon are always blowing our structure away. They will not apply themselves steadily to worldly advancement, prudent connections, and the policy of safety first. So inveterate is their appetite for heaven that our best method at this stage of attaching them to earth is to make them believe that the earth can be turned into heaven at some future date by politics, eugenics, or science or psychology, or whatnot. Real worldliness is a work of time, assisted, of course, by pride for which we teach them to describe the creeping death as good sense or maturity or experience. Experience in the peculiar sense we teach them to give it is, by the by, a most useful word. A great human philosopher nearly let out our secret when he said that where virtue is concerned, experience is the mother of illusion. But thanks to a change in fashion, and also, of course, to the historical point of view, we have large, largely went, rendered his book innocuous. How valuable time is to us may be gauged by the fact that the enemy allows us so little of it. The majority of the human race dies in infancy. Of the survivors, a good many die in youth. It is obvious that to him, God, human birth is, importantly, is important chiefly as a qualification for human death. And death solely as a gate to as and death solely as a gate to the other kind of life, the life of heaven. We are allowed to work only on a selected minority of the race for what humans call a normal life is the exception. Apparently, he, again God, wants some, but only a very few of the human animals with which he is peopling heaven to have had the experience of resisting us through all an earthly life of sixty or seventy years. Well, there is, there is our opportunity. The smaller it is, the better we must unit, use it. Whatever you do, keep your patient as safe as you possibly can. Man, <laughs> I just, you can't, I mean, obviously I'm not doing this justice by, you know, yapping here, but just, I mean, again, <laughs> prosperity knits a man to the world. Uh, just as insane how just profound this is. So, and I'll just go back. So, inveterate is their appetite for heaven that our best method. So, inveterate is their appetite for heaven that our best method of attaching them to earth is to make them believe that earth can be turned into heaven by, at some future date by politics, eugenics, science, or psychology. Oh, man. And so, the whole point about this is another reason. And this just goes speaks exactly to what I was saying about men. And again, women do it too, but I just seen it more in men because women seem to have that ability to define themselves through their children and grandchildren, not living vicariously necessarily, but more the sacrifice needed to take care of their kids and grandkids. And men still have that sacrifice that, that need to feel, feel wanted and needed financial matters and, and worldly matters as they get older. And as those worldly matters and concerns dissipate, they have to turn their attention to other things. And if the other things aren't around, it's just bitterness that's going to take over them. And, uh, and that's exactly what the devil is trying to accomplish. That's exactly it. Screw tape again, via CS Lewis. Um, and I, you know, I will never be able to prove this, but I think it's, it's uh, absolutely God's word. 
uh, to C.S. Lewis's writing that he says, the older you get, the more likely you are to be tempted to turn away from God. Perseverance is the hardest thing ever. Prosperity, and C.S. Lewis says it right there, prosperity is the best thing for them. And we call it affluenza in apologist ways uh, for Christianity. You have affluenza, they're so rich. You think you've done something to deserve it. Well, it's just a matter of luck. Well, why should you deserve it? And, you know, all this wealth that we have here in the United States over some kid in Sri Lanka. There's no reason for that. It's just pure luck. Pure luck that you were born in the West in a capitalist society. That's just fate, man. It does nothing to do with you as Josh Scanlon. It's just the fact that I was born here and, you know, the guy in Sri Lanka was born there. It's amazing. And so affluenza is, oh, and then C.S. Lewis talks about it. You start getting attached to this world saying, I like it here. I like it here. I kind of want to stay here. And this is just this time that we have on earth is a speck in the overall scheme of things, a speck in the overall history, a speck in the just the non-ending time continuum, which will never, ever stop. It's just a speck. It means nothing in the overall scheme of things. Eternity. You can't even fathom it. Which is why C.S. Lewis, on other parts of his book, tells, he, you know, he, when his creature is praying, uh, uh, screw tape is telling Wormwood, you know, that's fine if he wants to pray, but just make his pray so in the moment, not realize the glory that is God. I fall for this all the time, man. And every time I get up, I get on my knees to pray every day. And a lot of times it's just a prayer like I'm, I just, it's not, I don't recognize the vastness, the strength and power that is a God eternal, the God almighty. And C.S. Lewis tells us via screw tape, when, when we don't say prayers, recognizing the vast that God is, uh, we box him up. And when we box him up, that is another win for the enemy because it, you know, we can kind of take God and put him where we want and God if God truly created the world and the universe and all of his beings, you can't, literally we can't fathom it. It's amazing. It's amazing. So when you say your prayers in the back of your mind, just try to say your prayers, say, God, man, yeah, he is so, so big, so, so large, so vast. And yet he has said that he wants a relationship, a personal relationship with us all. Don't forget that, my friends. Don't forget that. Okay. All right. So let's end this. I think it's great. Again, C.S. Lewis. I'll put a link in the show notes. The screw tape letters. It's, it's just, I mean, fundamentally, uh, just a must read. Um, all right. So we're going to end a, uh, a, a for the song, a good song, actually, fit in perfectly with this, uh, from Christian Stan Phil uh, from the Passion White Flag uh, album off the top of my head. I can't remember the song, but uh, man, it's just a great song. First couple times I heard it, it couldn't help but crying and you know, not like bawling like a baby, but just, you know, it brings tears to your eyes because the singing and the music and just the joy of how much God loves you. Christian uh, talks about it's just, uh, it's just wonderful. It's happy. It's uh, it's just great. It's a glorious song. It's funny because uh, look back, screw tape again, the devil in C.S. Lewis's tale. Screw tape letter says he hates music and silence. He hates them both. Silence allows God to speak to you, which is why, isn't it ironic that the more machines and di distractions we have, the more it seems people are depressed. 
And then music, of course, I never understood Christians who, who ban music, but music is of God. I mean, my goodness, you, it just it hits you in your heart. Nothing hard. Just if music was evil, then why would it hit your soul as beauty incarnate? It's just wonderful. Now, there's horrible music, too. I'll leave that to the eye of the beholder. But uh, Screw Cheap says we love noise. And so in hell, and I just think about this all the time. Have you ever heard like a fire alarm just going off like in your in your corporate office? And they have a fire alarm. We got to run down the stairs. Just think that noise going on for eternity. You can't think. You can't escape it. You can't hear hardly anything else. If anything else, you, uh, that, that for me is hell, man. Just that constant, incessant noise that I can't escape from. So I'll play this song by Christian. This is where you can hear, I'm printing some off, sorry guys, you know, what's a beauty of music in all his glory. And I think you'll enjoy it a lot. All right. Well, don't forget to subscribe to the Josh Gamble podcast. Don't forget to go to Heritage Wealth Planning. Dot com. It's my website, heritagewealthplanning.com. If you go to YouTube, uh, Heritage Wealth Planning on YouTube, uh, you'll see my YouTube videos. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Heritage or the, the Josh Gamlin Podcast. Thanks, guys.
Houston, where are you at? 